and we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Manscaped. Listen, gentlemen, go out there. Go to manscaped.com. Pick up the Lawnmower 3.0. Use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order and start getting ahead in life. You know, you want to get that promotion at work. You want to meet that girl. You need that confidence. And nothing spells confidence than a fresh set of balls. Am I am I lying? Am I lying here? The Lawnmower 3.0 is one of the best, if not the best, ball hair trimmer in the world. No more nicks. No more bloody messes. Okay, it's waterproof. You can take it on the road with you. It charges for up to 90 minutes. Remember, go to the website right now, manscaped.com. Use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order and start living a better life. Remember, one more time, manscaped.com. Use the promo code HBSports, 20% off your order. Pick up the Lawnmower 3.0, the best ball hair trimmer in the world. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Matthew Highmore. This is the third time, I believe, Matt's been on the podcast. I remember two years ago, maybe it was a year ago, uh, he was back in the AHL playing for Rockford, and he had a, a shoulder injury, and I remember we were talking at the Jordan Boyd tournament, how he was gaining his confidence back, and how he was ready to make that full-time jump to the NHL. And to see him this year in the 2019-2020 season make that full-time jump and become a full-time player in the playoffs out there in Edmonton in the bubble. I couldn't be more happy for for a guy coming on this podcast, being a friend, being a friend of the show, just seeing his confidence when he was out there. What He had like nine games played, three goals, one assist, four points, and not even that. He was a difference maker of being a hitter. You know, his four-check ability. Every time he came close to another player, he was hitting them. His name was being broadcasted every shift he was out there. At the end of the day, when you're playing playoff hockey in the NHL, all you want to be is a difference maker. He was blocking shots. He was doing all the right things. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, he was recorded with a two-year contract from the Chicago Blackhawks. So that just goes to show you how much confidence they have in this guy's development. Um, And like I said, this part of the world here in Atlantic Canada, watching him on Hockey Night in Canada uh, during the playoffs this year, he he was all over Twitter. He was all over the conversation of of, uh, Atlantic players playing in the NHL bubble. So I'm really happy that he's taken time out of his day to come here to the podcast and talk to me. He is fresh from quarantine. He's fresh from the bubble. He's ready to talk. I'm excited to ask questions. It's going to be a great episode. So I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. All right, second time's a charm. Matt, hi, more. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. It's always good to be here. Like I was saying just a second ago, it's awesome that, uh, you know, you've been on the show a couple times and you're out there. You're a full-time NHLer in my mind now and seeing how well of a playoffs you had, I couldn't be more proud of you. So congrats on everything, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, It's been really nice. You know, there's been a, a good amount of support. So I, I appreciate everybody that sent, uh, you know, kind words and encouraging messages. How was it, the, the bubble? You know, everyone has so many questions. We watch it on TV. You hear mixed reviews inside the bubble. You know, you, you hear the crowd chant on the TV, but you're like, all right, well, was the crowd chant in the rink? Like, how do the players feel when they score? Like, I, I don't even know where to start, what question to ask with the bubble. Just talk about your experience from day one, I guess. Yeah, um, obviously, like you said, a lot of people have a lot of questions about it. Um, let's just say, look, it was a different experience. Uh, nothing that I think anybody... Um, you know, given a year ago, would have thought they would have experienced. Um, but day-to-day stuff, you know, hockey-wise was all the same. Yeah. We, you know, we had our practice time. We had our, um, you know, morning skate before a game, whether or not. 
the one thing that was a little bit different was we were playing games at all kinds of times of the day, you know, whether it be 12, 1230. Yeah. Um, certainly not used to that. Yeah. Um, you know, you might get a few one, one thirty starts, but, but 12 is pretty early. And, uh, you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, it was 830. You know, we played uh, Edmonton in the first round, um, you know, so it was it was a lot of late starts on the on the West Coast. And unfortunately, yeah. my parents were up pretty late, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they uh, I think they slept in the in the intermissions. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. The West Coast, it was tough for, like, fans here on the East Coast. Yeah. It was tough. Even, like, right now, I guess all the games are on the West Coast in the finals, too, out in Edmonton. Yeah. What what was the general consensus of what time people wanted to play? Obviously, it wasn't the early game. You know, well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it, it depends on the person, but I think our general consensus would have been, you know, somewhere between the six or four to seven range. Yeah. Um, especially when you're playing a back-to-back. You play a back-to-back and, you know, say you play at 8.30, you're not getting back to the hotel until um, easily 1, one fifteen. By the time you eat, and you know what I mean? And some guys don't sleep. So there was nights where um, I know I didn't get to bed until probably closer to 5. No. And you might you have a back-to-back, you know, so you have to somehow, um, you know, get your rest and regroup. But um you know look hey it's it's 2020 everybody's going through different stuff yeah and, uh, that was just kind of one of the one of the more challenging aspects of of living in the bubble so how did it go about getting to chicago i remember i saw a couple of videos of you skating at centennial with all the pro guys around <laughs> here and then you ended up going to chicago but then i was asking around i was like how do people from like is we had a we had Phillips on and he plays in BU and yep. he's like, yeah, I'm going to BU next week. And I was like, well, how do you, how do you get to the States? How did it work? So when you hit the border, how did it work? Yeah, we were, we were lucky. We were given letters. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it worked for other teams, but for us was, was pretty simple. Um, you know, they question you obviously, um, given the times it, it makes sense. And, uh, yeah, we got through, or I got through, um, obviously easily. Um, uh, normally it probably takes 15 minutes. It, probably was an hour and 15 you so, drive yeah yeah stuck at the border tried to tried to do it the the safest way possible because when i got there the last thing i wanted to do was to either have to quarantine you know my 14 days which if i drove i didn't have to yeah um which meant i could train at home longer and um you know it was just 28 hours there well worth it because you know i got there i had to get tested a certain amount of times i think i got tested twice before i was allowed in the practice facility and then uh from there, everything was was pretty much normal, uh, business as usual. Obviously, we're taking precautions, um, but you get to the rink, you do your work. You're only allowed there for, for three hours, so that was different. Um, wasn't a whole lot of recovery going on, Yeah, uh, which was tough because guys hadn't skated. But um, Were you in good shape? Like it's, You were only as a couple times. Yeah, I, I was in really good shape, actually. Um, you know, I I give a lot of credit to my, to my trainer, Alexi Pianozzi. Um, you know, we did some FaceTime workouts, we did whatever else he was in Pittsburgh. So okay. it was a little bit tough, but, um, you know, working out in the, in my parents' garage and, <laughs> and whatever was different, but look like again, 2020, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, um, you know, some guys came in better shape than others and, um, you know, you could only do what you could do. Yeah. And, uh, we went from there and, uh, you know, into training camp, training camp was, was tough, um, it was two and a half weeks, uh, two and a half. Yeah. I guess maybe, yeah, two, two and a half weeks. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's a short amount of time. Yeah. And, um, 
the pace was high. Was it? Yeah. Uh, just trying to get everybody in game shape. It's tough. It was really tough, especially like like I said, you know, guys are coming in different different shapes yeah. just because what they had and what they didn't have and, yeah. you know, access to. We were fortunate here we could skate, but there was guys in Ontario that rinks weren't open. So um, everybody had to get up to speed somehow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Training camp, like, in that time of year, too, is so odd. Obviously, I don't know, training, what's training camp for the NHL? September, August? Yeah, it, like, w- it would run between uh, middle of September and the first week of October. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. weird having it at that time. So when would it have been? You would have been in the bubble July, August, end of July? Yeah. Or no, you would have been in Chicago for training camp. Yeah, training camp would have been June, uh, I, th- I believe yeah, it was June. 15th. Yeah, Oh, sorry, July 15th. July, July 15th. 15th. Yeah, and I got in Chicago probably July 1st. Yeah, like you're in the middle of summer vacation, essentially. Like that's how everyone's bodies are programmed. I find yeah. with any athlete, your body is programmed to, even like, you know, when I played minor hockey, okay, September's rolling around. All right, trials are going to happen. It's time to get your body and your body, your, your mind ready. And you get so the weird. itch too, eh? Yeah, you get the itch. <laughs> you get the smell of the rink too. It's yeah. back and it's just. It just doesn't seem right in July, but again, I mean, what are you going to do? You make the best of it. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, our group, I don't know, again, I can't speak to other groups, but our group in, in Chicago did a really good job of, first of all, coaches getting us ready, um, but also our group being super positive um, and and also looking after each other. You know, guys were very responsible, not putting themselves in harm, and um, we were really lucky that way. Give me like a little, you know, a little attention to detail maybe the training staff did. You know, obviously there's Perel everywhere. Purell? What's the hand stuff called? Purell. Purell. <laughs> Obviously, Purell's everywhere. The yeah. masks are places. But maybe name off a couple like little attention to details things that Chicago did that they went above and beyond. Um, you know, I think that personally, I think we have the best organization. So everything is always done, you know, to a T. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it was just done really well. We were just, you know, we felt very safe in our rink. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it was you know well maintained and and everything so you could tell when you walked in each day it was clean yeah and uh you know kudos to them because they did a fantastic job so when training camp's wrapping up is there a little bit of an itch to get to edmonton or is there a little bit of nerves what was the consensus in the room of going to the bubble like was there any did you guys have like a team meeting and was there any questions thrown out or like you know obviously family members weren't allowed in the bubble was there any questions like that or my kids allowed to come like what was the consensus in the room uh yeah i mean i think there was a lot of questions that were up in the air and um we just did the best that we could yeah you know as a group we we talked about it and um you know there was obviously calls and whatnot mm. and without going into detail there's just a lot of of stuff that um you know you had to go through to to make sure that everything was was ready to go but by the time that we got to edmonton i think everybody's minds were at ease and um it was business as usual and, and look you know, you're in. You got a chance to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like uh, motivation can't be any higher. Well, that was my. That's a great lead into my next question. I've always wondered, what's it like for a person trying to make the NHL? And in my mind, you establish yourself these playoffs. You made a name for yourself, and you went above and beyond, and you did a great job. But it seems like for so many years, your goal is to make the NHL, be a regular NHLer, and I feel you've mm-hmm. accomplished that. So, how quick does your mindset change from okay, now I want to win a Stanley Cup? How quick does that flick in your mind yeah um and i think no matter if you feel comfortable um you know if you think you're on the team if you're an extra guy 
I don't think there's any like flick or anything. I think it's look, we have a shot here. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a coveted trophy that we've all looked at. Um, you know, since we were kids. You know, you, you sit there and it's always game seven. You think, yeah, Stanley Cup final, game seven, what would you do? And, um, you know, I, I think that there's there, there wasn't really a flick for for anybody but uh, or, or necessarily a switch. I think it's just, look, you have a chance. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if you're going to play, play a shift, play 10 shifts, doesn't matter, but you have a chance as a group um, to be successful and uh, win the tro- one thing that, that every kid wants when they're, when they're young. What's the pace of play like compared to regular season? Everyone always says it's up and it's about. It's, it's incredible. And TV, you notice it. Mm-hmm. What's it like on the ice? Did you notice the intensity? Absolutely. I mean, the intensity is up. Um, a little bit harder, I think, this year to be able to, excuse me, to tell. Okay. Because we hadn't played any regular season games in four months. Yeah. Five months, you know what I mean? So to be able to compare it, but desperation, um, you know, was off the charts. Yeah. You know, the, puck race uh, a block shot stuff just it's just i don't know it your body just takes over if that makes sense i know what you mean it's yeah. just um it's a different level of hockey and uh you know i was i was very privileged to be able to try and help our team um you know get there you, in your mind do you think you're playing the best hockey of your entire life right now yeah i think i think i'm right there yeah. you know i think uh for myself uh, I have to continue, obviously, to to build and create um, some more stuff on the ice um, throughout a shift. Um, I know what I have to work on, but for now, you know, I'm very pleased with where I'm at, and uh, I just want to continue to help uh, our group however I can. Yeah, and I was saying that in the intro. It doesn't matter what you're doing on the ice as long as you're making an impact. It doesn't have to be goals or assists, mm-hmm. but you did put up goals or assists, which is <laughs> awesome. But just anything blocking shots hits making a difference especially in the playoffs it seems like regular season yeah you can find yourself you can become a player you can become yep. a full-time NHLer but when it comes to playoffs it seems like egos need to take a back seat and you need to just be a guy in order to make a difference that's what I don't know when you watch hockey night in Canada and the coaches talk it's like we just need guys to fill a role no for sure and I think uh playoff hockey is a perfect example of you know creating good habits during the season um, whether it be in practice or, you know, a back-to-back game where that, you know, the situation's tough, but creating good habits and, and winning habits, um, you know, they just pay off so much more in, yeah. in the playoffs. Um, you know, you see that with teams now. Um, I haven't really watched a whole lot of the playoffs since I got home, but, um, you know, uh, every team that continues to get better um, as they go does the little stuff. Yeah. Do those guys in the room, like Kane, Taves, Keith, do they ever preach that stuff because they've been there three three times? Yeah. What, what do they preach in the room when it comes to this time of year for playoffs? Yeah, they were they were fantastic. I think they really helped our young guys, um, including myself, just just understanding what the difference is between uh, winning and losing in in the playoffs. The the margins are so uh, so small. That oh yeah. It takes you know one turnover or one wrong decision. Um, you know, so they were they were fantastic. You know, just whether you had a question for them or, um, you know, maybe we had a bad period in the dressing room, they'd you know kind of reset us. And, yeah, uh, that made a huge difference and and really helped us. Do you ever find the replay gets a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit too much? It finds like they say when you talk about hockey and you talk about a play, 
give me an example. I'll give you an example. It was uh, Colorado two years ago. I think Landeskoff was offside. Okay. And McK- McKinnon ended up scoring, yeah. but then they brought the goal back. I think it was game seven, and then they ended up being out. And it came back to this actual replay. And it seemed like there were so many replays, so many delays in the game, so many. You got to double check that. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a point in the game where you're like, okay, man, we were just on a roll. We don't want there to be a delay in game just to be able to check a goal. Is there ever things like that where you don't want momentum to stop? Or in your mind, does it work both ways? Because sometimes there could be a goal called disallowed and it could help you mm-hmm. when it could be called for and it is a goal. What do the guys say on the bench? Like, Do they mind it or do you think well, it evens uh, out? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's out of our control I know. Um, to an extent. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's one of those things that you kind of have to let roll off your shoulders. Yeah. You, you can't, you know, say a, a goal is called back. You can't uh, get too high or too low. Yeah. Um, and again, that's a that's a playoff thing, you know. During the season, yeah, um, it's it's different. Yeah. Um, obviously, again, you don't want to get too high or too low, but it's magnified in the playoffs. So, um, you know, staying positive uh, may be frustrating. It may be exciting if you had scored yeah. and it gets called back, but um, it's got to be very even keel because yeah. it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Ooh, I like that. Well said. <laughs> cliche. A cliche, but it's true though. It's very true. <laughs> yeah especially in the playoffs big time yeah big you, time you understand that especially over um uh, you know our first round was a five game s- series um and that feels like a sprint but it's not you know um a lot can happen in your first three games and uh you know you add another two on the end of that a lot of stuff can happen so um it's certainly sp- or certainly a marathon and that Edmonton series was incredible. You're playing against the second best player in the world, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he played, no offense, but like there was times out there where he could just do whatever he wanted. Like, it was, like yep. he was, he's incredible. How did you guys beat them? What's the key to beating the Edmonton Oilers? You guys came together as a team. You guys played unbelievable. Goaltending was great. Mm-hmm. And you guys ended up beating that team who was, you know, they were projected to win that series and you guys beat them. What do you think the key was to beating Edmonton there? Yeah, I, obviously, like you said, we're playing, um, you know they're kind of like the two-headed monster that yeah. uh, you know Pittsburgh has, for example, or, or you know arguably Toronto, um, or ourselves with Kane and Taves. Um, but look, uh, Drysaitel, McDavid, they're they're special players. They had special years. Um, we did our best to get in their way. Um, you know, give them a bump. Um, little stick. Yeah, little like, tap. Look, like the. They're going to get their chances. Yeah. You know, they're, they're arguably top five in the league or in the world, uh, hockey players. So they're going to get their chances, but we have to limit them. And um, I thought that we did a good job of that. Um, and then when we got our chances, we took advantage of those. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think you can point to anything. It's a, it's a team effort to be able to shut down good players. Yeah. And uh, we did it to a T. Do you find that your team is becoming a team rather than individuals? Do you feel like it seems like when you have a playoff push, it's a team that goes forward? And when you do think of your team, mm-hmm. you automatically think of Taves and Kane and these big dogs. But you guys were just so deep this year, and you had a huge part in that depth with, you know, you scored a couple key goals. Do you find that your team has slowly over the time become more of a team and rather than maybe, a, you know, a little individual? I, I think we're just growing as a group, you know. We That's have, what I meant to say, yeah, growing as a group, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's more um, we have a lot of young guys and being able to get comfortable um, was a big thing, and I think that we all got comfortable and now we're, we are a team. 
Yeah. You know, not that we weren't before, but we just have such a group mentality. Yeah. Um, that's really going to serve us well down the down the road. That's exciting stuff. Knowing that you're leaving, the you know, unfortunately, it didn't end the way you wanted to. But mm-hmm. knowing that you left on a on a kind of a high night, a high note, excuse me. Knowing that your team was bonding and you're becoming a team. Looking forward to next season and training camp. That must be an exciting feeling. Knowing that you're going into something special rather than maybe a little bit of a regroup. You know, you guys mm-hmm. are going into something you know you can look forward to. Feels like we're building. Exactly. And that's 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 exciting. Um, you know, we're on the right track and. Uh, everybody's buying in, and and I think that that's uh, that's the exciting part. Don't lie to me here when I ask this question. Your goal <laughs> when you're on the boards and you shot, I don't know how to explain it. You're going down the boards and you shot at top yeah. left. You absolutely sniped. Don't lie. Yeah. Were you aiming for that? Were you? Well, look, there there was space there. I see. Uh, yeah. Um, I think when you're just below the goal line, you don't necessarily aim. Yeah. Um, I will say we had guys going to the net. Um, so for me, I I think you know to get a puck on the net especially in tight yeah you have to get get it up high in a goalie talk to the mic sorry get up yeah uh sorry get the get the puck up high in the goalie because we had guys going to the net you did so to be able to do that um i just kind of threw it there um wasn't expecting to score but you certainly take that and and those are the goals in playoffs um you know and and our team did a, a great job of that um, you know, kind of getting the greasier goals. Love it. And that makes uh, such a big difference. Such a nice goal, though, coming right off the boards. <laughs> Do I more from the slot? Not from the slot, from the boards. Yeah. It was awesome. We were at my buddy's place. We are having a couple beer by the fire. TV was up there. I just got a beautiful fist pump. I was pumped. <laughs> Appreciate that. It was, it was that, a good yeah. one. Well, I guess the whole province that are all Atlantic Canada. It yeah. was great. Look, you, you take them how you get them, especially in the playoffs, because um, there's so many close games, uh, one-goal games, two-goal games, and um, – you know, at, at some point, it doesn't matter how they go in. Hmm. Um, you know, team efforts create good situations, and uh, we put ourselves in some good situations. Are you learning anything about yourself as a player, maybe that you didn't know years before? Uh, interesting question, because I think that I've done a lot of that in the last um, year, maybe hmm. not through the playoff run, um, but because I had... Um, you know, so many ups and downs through surgery and um, whatnot. I think I've certainly learned a lot about uh, resilience. Um, you know, I've always been somebody that prides myself on my on my work ethic, and uh, that's never changed. But, um, you know, just want to continue to um, do the little things that make the difference. And um, I think that that's, uh, that's kind of the key. Well, when I asked you when you first got here, I was like, what, what's your day like? right now like I don't know what a day mm-hmm. would look like for you and you said business as usual so I guess walk me through a day of what a day of Matthew Highmore is like right now yeah so I guess um you know a, a business as usual day for me would be you know get up around um 7 o'clock uh, a little bit of breakfast I guess before heading to, to work out um work out probably for roughly an hour and a half um as of now I'm not skating uh, that will probably change next week. Um, but for me, I mean, it's just all about uh, being prepared for the next day. So, you know, we have that chunk in the middle where, middle of the day, you know, in the afternoon where uh, right now having some fun, uh, whether it be golfing while we still can. Yeah. Um, probably start playing some tennis a little bit uh, just to continue to get moving. But um, business as usual from uh, a hockey perspective, I get some treatment here starting soon and, um, you know, days become a little bit more 
busy as we go, but, um, you know, just trying to get better right now. That's awesome. That's all you can do in life. That's all you can do during these times. Well, Stay exactly. busy, try to get better. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's important for everybody, uh, no matter what you're doing, you're in school, um, you know, you have a job, doesn't matter, but uh, routine is, is important, and um, especially where, you know, some people can't go to school, it's all in, all in their home, which, which you know, it's got to be tough. Well, there's people that don't know, like there's some people that can learn in different ways, and some right. people can't learn from online. You right. know, some people need to be in a class getting one-on-one help. Yeah. It's, it's And that's where, to me, you know, obviously it's it's easier said than done, but routine certainly helps. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how I live my life is definitely through a routine, whether it be bedtime, uh, wake up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it just it just keeps me kind of regulated, if that makes sense. I find it tough sometimes doing routines. It, it definitely helps through this time of mm-hmm. life because everyday life can be yep. somewhat similar. Yep. But I found when things were, were normal, I found it a little bit difficult for me to do the same routine because routine excuse me because there were so many things coming my way so many hey do you want to do this hey do you want to do that it's like "Ah, i can't i got a podcast so it was always tough for me to schedule things and i definitely took that for granted when i when i played hockey because a schedule is set for you and you're able to do this you're able to work out at this certain time and i that was one of my favorite things about uh about playing hockey was the scheduling of it it was nice yeah it's just you know what your daily uh daily plan is you can sprinkle some things in there whether it go for dinner or yeah. lunch or whatever but uh you know the gist of your day and uh that probably helps me when i when i say that i you know have a routine yeah it's yeah. nice and that's how you get better that's how you improve mm-hmm. you know you sit there you and, and you look at your schedule and you go okay what do i need to improprove on and then you you work on it it's yeah. nice it's yeah. a good thing absolutely yeah i think it's uh it's huge um so like you said you there's no set date for the nhl there's rumors around mm-hmm I heard December, January. I don't know if yeah. I, I, I just I don't know. Um, but the setup in Chicago right now, when you go, like, how, how does everything work when you go back? Do you plan on spending the from now until December here? Do you plan on going back at all? Yeah. What's the how, how does that work in a guy like you for your situation? Yeah, um, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot uh, yeah. to be honest. Uh, just because there's no there's no date, there's no kind of time frame. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Love to give you an answer, but I, do, I just don't know. It's uh, it's kind of play it by ear right now. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what kind of happens here after the next couple of weeks uh, when the, the cup final's done. And hopefully we get a little bit more information, but we'll we'll uh, we'll wait to see. Have you ever met uh, Rick Bonus? Um, I believe I did. Yeah. Um, at the Maritime for Kids. Yeah. Golf uh, tournament. Golf, golf tournament. charity. Yeah. Yeah. So that la- last year, I'm, I know I met uh, his son. Um, I believe yeah. I met Rick as well. And, um, you know, as a fellow Nova Scotian, you know, good, good for him. He's been, yeah. uh, you know, he's been around, um, coaching yeah. for a very long time and, uh, finally got a shot. Paid his dues. He did. Paid his dues. Yeah. Mark was showing us a video the other day back in 72, 73, when he was coaching the Ottawa Senators. Oh yeah. And they only won 10 games that year. Was that the expansion year? I have no idea. Yeah. It must be close. 92, 93. Justin, not 72. Oh, 90. Sorry, yeah, 92, 73. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Say it again. 90, <laughs> 92, 93. 92, 93. Blank in here. 92, 93. Ottawa Senators, 10 win season. Yeah. To go all the way now in the Stanley Cup, and they're up one nothing against mm-hmm. Tampa. Yeah. I don't know. It just goes to show you, you stick with something long enough, you're going to get your opportunity. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, certainly something to take away from that is yeah. you never give up. Um, you know, no matter what it looks like you never give up you always work hard 
Um, you wake up, you put a smile on your face when it can be, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough, but, uh, it, it certainly helps. A perfect example is, well, not a perfect example, but a good example would be your shoulder. I remember talking to you, mm-hmm. was it two years ago or one year ago when you didn't play for a good chunk? Yeah, it was, uh, two years ago now. And right. I remember we had a conversation at the Jordan Boy tournament and you were talking about how you're starting to gain your confidence back and how you're ready to play in the mm-hmm. NHL and that you were just a little like, you know, you don't know what the future is going to hold. And like I said, to see you this year, do everything that you did. And, you know, thinking two years ago back when we had that conversation, yeah. it was just a really cool feeling. Really cool feeling. Yeah. And it's kind of it's, it's, it's inspiring, but like I said, it's, it's just mm-hmm. proof in the pudding. If you keep working, you don't quit. You keep working your ass off. Something good's bound to happen. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I really appreciate that. You know, it was uh, – that was certainly a tough time. Yeah. You know, I was very optimistic when we talked. I, I remember having that conversation and – I was looking forward to the future, but you just didn't know. Uh, didn't know how I was going to react. Didn't know how long it would take. Yeah. Um, believed in myself, just didn't. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm very lucky to have a great support system yeah. around me and people that um, you know have believed in me and uh, helped me along the way. So I can't thank those people enough. Um, you know, whether it be my friends, family, um, coaches, trainers, whatever yeah. it may be, they've just been uh, you know great. It's a great thing. Another thing about the hockey community is that there's so many people willing to help you. Not even in the mm-hmm. actual like the player category. Just there's just so many good people within hockey that are willing to help anyone to bring them up to the next level. I found. It, I, I wish I kind of somewhat played other sports so I could get to know other people in yeah. the coaching industry and things like that. But you know who do we have on here the other day? We had like Jim Midgley on here, yeah. and he was talking about just you know playing coaching for the Moosehead, sorry, and and how he helped some people get up to the next level, and now they're playing pro in Germany. Yep. And he helped guide them. He was talking about like Nico Heischer in New yeah. Jersey now and how he was such a nice person and how he came to the organization and he was great with his billets. He was great with the fans. Yeah. He was great with his teammates and just everything about being a great person. And the next thing you know, he's a first rounder in the NHL, first mm-hmm. overall. I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, right. but I'm just saying that there's a lot of people in hockey that are just willing to help an individual get to where they want to be in their career it's Uh, cool even this look at you you don't have to be here right now (laughs) you know you don't have to be sitting in my basement talking to me but you're here you know like i'm serious it's little things like that within hockey that everyone helps each other the the hockey community is such a tight-knit uh group you know and uh, and i'm sure we've talked about this before but you know you go to war um out there and you want to win as bad as anything but after yeah. You know, you look at the playoffs, everybody shakes hands. doesn't yeah. matter. Playoffs at any level, everybody shakes hands. It was well done, you know. Um, you know, it's just such a tight community that, you know, um, it's special to be part of. Oh, it's every- wicked. And everybody knows everybody. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a connection Everyone. somewhere. So um, it's a pretty cool sport and uh, certainly privileged to be able to still play it. When you're skating on Centennial before you went to Chicago, was anyone in your ear asking for advice? Just what are you doing? How you doing? How you feeling? Just anything like that? Uh, no, I think, you know, at that time we uh, we were still dressing at home, so, so we were focused on a little bit of other stuff. But uh, no, not nothing, uh, nothing crazy. But uh, certainly had conversations with people, and um, you know, whether I was bouncing stuff off them or they're bouncing stuff off oh. off myself. Um, you know, that's, I think that's how you get better as well, too. You know, you ask questions, um, take, take, uh, uh, criticism, you know, um, obviously it's not there to hurt you, but it's certainly there to help you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And yep. it's different right now because everyone has kind of different situations. Mm. I guess going into other scenarios, college, yep. who knows what college is happening, AHL, who knows what's happening there. It's really interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's, there is a lot of guys home um, that play pro right now uh, to be able to skate with. But yeah. then they're, on the other hand, you know, the guys that are playing in Europe, they're, they've started their season. For Have the they? most part. I know the Swedish league did. Uh, the Czech league did. Uh, I think. I, I know, know that, Dick Dixon's season got canceled the other day. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, there are some leagues that have started up. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's different, man. It, it is different, and hopefully, uh, you know, everybody can stick with it, and, um, you know, hopefully we get through this all successfully. When you're in the bubble and you score, does the is there cheering? Do you hear <laughs> cheering, or is it just on TV? So, on the ice, you can't really hear it. Um, there is some in the building. So like I, I, I watched, oh man, probably like 12, 13 games when we were there, we could go watch other games. Oh, like up in the box or something. Right. So we had, yeah, yeah. our team had a, a box and, uh, Sick. you can, you can hear the cheering actually during the, the play, you know, whether it be an ooh and ah, like what you'd hear on TV during the play. Well, yeah, if there was a, if there was a high quality scoring chance, There'd be like an ooh. No way. Yeah. But you can't hear it on the ice. <laughs> yeah. So, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. whoever's sitting in the stands is, <laughs> you know, they're enjoying it, I guess. But uh, it's it was pretty quiet in the rink when you're not playing. Yeah. Um, made it easier for the players, I think, to be able to communicate. Uh, there was no uh, crowd noise that, you know, would, would get in the way of that. Um, maybe change the momentum swings a little bit, too. Um, oh, yeah. You know, a home team didn't quite. Um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily keep rolling. Um, yeah. Like, say you had a hot start, and um, you wouldn't necessarily keep rolling as maybe well as you would when you were at home. Yeah. Um, in front of your own fans. But uh, yeah, I mean, it it was different. Yeah. But uh, look, it's still the playoffs, and uh, intensity was high, and uh, it, it's playoff hockey. I I think um, you know if anybody's watched it um it's certainly playoff hockey there's fights there's there's everything oh, there's no different it was great hockey to watch yeah it's a lot of fun yeah how was um what was i gonna ask oh yeah how was uh how was edmonton's room yeah was it nice <laughs> yeah they they have they have a state of the art um you know dressing room all Is their it? facilities are great um you know honestly all the all the rooms in uh in rogers center there uh, I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, um, Rogers Arena. Rogers yeah, Arena. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, it was well set up. The NHL did a fantastic job of that. Um, you know, whether you you're in the Oil Kings room, the the WHL team. Oh, they play out of there too. They do. Okay. Yeah. So there was uh, you know there's a bunch of dressing rooms and they were all you know um, well kept and uh, it, it was it was set up well. Yeah. In the rink for sure. It was like a cold tub, hot tub, everything in the room. That's probably a stupid question. The yes, obviously. Yeah. We, sauna. Yeah, I I believe we had that. Uh, yeah, I think we had all our amenities and whatever we needed after the game. Yeah. Um, sauna's not necessarily. No um, sauna, or I guess maybe. Well, they wouldn't have it in uh, like away dressing yeah, rooms, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if that was uh, something that you know was available in the Edmonton room, but uh, no, it was set up great, and uh, we had everything we needed to to compete at the highest level. The NHL did a great job of um, 
doing a lot of behind the scenes video mm-hmm. for what was going on. And when they went underneath the tunnel, there was, you know, there's some confusion because at the very beginning, there were so many teams, there's yeah. bags everywhere. Like yeah. there's one funny video of Tavares back in Toronto, walking through like Philly, doing high fives, like getting ready to go out on the ice. Yeah. Was there any of that in Edmonton? You're just like, you got to wait for someone to go out till you go on anything like that. Well, the way to the dressing room in Edmonton is, uh, down a elevator. Um, oh. just the way that it was set up. Um, for the games and whatever. So I hopped in an elevator with Ryan Reeves and Marc-Andre Fleury there for, for game one. <laughs> and uh, that was a little bit different. With your gear on? No, you sorry. Like you're this, going... is, this is on the way to the ring. Okay, so okay. coffee in hand, whatever. Yeah. But uh, So that was a little bit different. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we certainly made the best of it. And I think uh, it is different seeing guys off the ice. Uh, you're in such tight quarters. You see them everywhere. Um, you know, I was, I was getting sushi with a couple of the guys and McDavid and nurse are right in front of us and we play next day. So, you know, it's, oh. it's just a little bit different. It was like a, it was like a village. Yeah. Um, but I think that, uh, everybody was certainly re- respectful and, and understood it was different times. And, um, you know, I guess that's another hockey community, community yeah. thing too, you know? Um, you just be polite and um, kind of go about your own business. Was there any buddies? Like, I can't think top of my head, but do you have any buddies on the other? How much time is, are we at, Mark? Sorry. Uh, we were at 34, 28 on the OBS. Was there any other guys, like, on other teams that you knew of that you haven't seen in, like, a couple years, maybe that you played on in St. John? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Was there anyone from any other teams? Like, hey, what's going on? Good to see you. Yeah, there was a couple guys, um, I guess, would have been in the Toronto bubble, so I wouldn't have seen them. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Now Logan Shaw, who, uh, Winnipeg. who, yeah, and he's from here. So um, I had seen him before we had left uh, for the bubbles and whatnot. So, but I, but I saw him. You know, I saw him. I think I was walking in. We played. Um, we might have played or we might have practiced, but they were. <laughs> They were walking out for uh, like a second period or something, so I walked by, and yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, got a little yeah. different. But um, no, I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of guys that uh, I necessarily had played with. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of guys that you recognize just from you know walking around and and knowing of. Yeah. So the common area, like the lounge and things like that, I saw that there was golf and yep. cornhole, and then you guys got to go to uh, Commonwealth. Eskimo. Uh, is that where the Eskimo Commonwealth was? Stadium? Yeah. yeah. How how was all that stuff? And and the question within that question is, how do you get to these places? Can you walk from your hotel to Commonwealth, or do you take a team bus? Mm-hmm. So the the way we got to Commonwealth Stadium was uh, we took buses. Okay. Um, you know, I think it was probably about ten minute drive, so it wasn't too bad. Um, we went there once, and you know what? That was one of the better days. Um, it was beautiful out. We yeah. uh, we got to spend about an hour, hour and ten, just um, just enjoying the sun, yeah. uh, kicking some f- soccer balls around. There was some cornhole, um, just kind of just hanging out. You know, trying to get away from everything because it is you know it's super stressful when you're in there and. Um, but as for like getting to to the rink, we could we could walk outside and there was uh, I don't know I I want to call it like a hallway, but there was big uh, like twelve foot uh, um what do you call dividers? Them? Yeah, I guess you could call them dividers on each side. So we had like our own little corridor to down okay. walk down. Uh, it was probably about a two minute uh, two minute walk from the hotel. Okay, nice. Seems yeah. like you can settle in after a while though. The hard part must have just been every day going back to the same room, not seeing family and friends. Yeah, it was tough. I think, uh, especially for the guys that, you know, have newborns was probably tough. Um, 
but look, we uh, we made the best of it. Um, yeah. You know, we had a team room with ping pong, and like you said, there was there was golf simulators, and made the best of it. And at the end of the day, you're there for one, uh, you know, yeah. one reason, right? So, yeah. um, and once we got started playing, there wasn't a whole lot of off days, um, so it was kind of just kept rolling into we uh, in the next day, and um, time kind of flew by, I guess after after a while. Really. <laughs> interesting there there was a lot of hockey watched uh, a lot of basketball because they were in their uh uh eight game restart there so oh, we yeah. uh watched a lot of a lot of that and i think there was the pga championship golf too oh yeah um so there was a lot of a lot of sports um that we could kind of tune into but um yeah i mean like i, I think i said it early it's 2020 you know stuff stuff hasn't yeah. uh you know, the world is different, um, but you just have to make the best of it, and we certainly did that. That's a good thing about hockey as well, is when you're playing it, nothing else really matters. You forget about everything. When you're on the ice, you probably forget that you're in a bubble. You're just playing. Yeah. You know, you forget. Yeah, and, and once the game starts, you don't know there's no fans. Uh, it's just, look, yeah. we're, we're there to win. We're there to play as hard as we can, um, and uh, it's kind of the mentality that we went with. Did... You might be offended when I asked this because I didn't send you one either. But did Kirby Doc get his high-button hoodie? Did you see him wear it? We had a bartender message us out yeah. in Edmonton. This is before the bubble and all that stuff. Yeah. And you guys were on a West Coast road trip okay. out to, like, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, all that stuff. Yeah. And he messaged us. He's like, hey, like, Chicago's coming uh, to town. They always come to this bar. If you want <laughs> me to give a hoodie to Kirby Doc, send one out to me. Yeah, yeah. So we sent him two, and he's like, I'll give one to uh, – He's like, I'll give one to Highmore and I'll give one to Doc. Yeah. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I sent two out, but then he only sent me a hoodie back, or he sent me a picture only with Doc. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he didn't get a hoodie. No. So what, what happened? I didn't even know about it. <laughs> so I, I guess I, I guess I, I should have messaged you. <laughs> I have no idea. Did you see Kirby wear the hoodie? Don't. If he didn't, he didn't. Uh, You know what? I think so. I, I Honestly. I, there we go. That's I, a win. Just leave it at that. I think so. That's perfect. My memory is not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he wore the hoodie. I would imagine he did. Yeah, there we I'm go. Sure that's a that's a win win for the company. Yeah, yeah. unreal. He, yeah, he's a uh, he's a great guy. So um, he's good. He, he's got a he's got a very very bright future ahead. Does he? Yeah, he wear he, he works extremely hard and um, good guy, good player. Um, and he's young. How old is he? Uh, rookie, is I he? guess he'd be nineteen now. Uh, yeah, so he'd be going in his second year uh, this year, this season. Man, there's so much skill on that team. Mm-hmm. like so much skill yeah it's ex- it's an exciting time um you know i like i said i think we're just it, it's coming you know we're we're right there we're knocking on the door just gotta knock it down yeah can't even think about like practices i couldn't imagine like first couple times like being in a pace <laughs> of a practice like that but if you, you know if you're there you're comfortable yeah you yeah. go with the flow I, I you know it's just like anything after a while um becomes normal yeah yeah you know, I think. Uh, but that's what you want. You don't want it to be. You don't want to go into a practice going out. Oh, I got to keep up with these guys. It's like, ah, eh, I'm supposed to be here. It's normal. Yeah. It's just an everyday thing for me. Yeah, it's just it, it's a lot of fun. Um, even if it's a tough day, it's it. You know, you look at it at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. I I, I still really enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm on the ice with guys that I've looked up to for for years, and uh, it, it's pretty cool. And to be able to, you know, build relationships with them. Um, it's certainly really cool. I remember I asked you the first podcast you ever came on and I was like, what was it like being in the room with 
Kane, Taves, all these guys. Mm-hmm. And you said it's not about being in the room. It's about being on the bench with them. It's about being on the bench with them in overtime and they're on the ice and they're doing what they're doing and I'm sitting there going, holy shit, I'm here. Yeah. Do you still have that feeling or you no, know, not anymore? There, there's times I, you know, I may be sitting there and, uh, you know, just see them make a play and I'm like, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's there's times like that. It's it, It's certainly extremely cool i mean i i don't really know how else to ex- explain it it's just uh something that i'm very privileged to be able to you know um be able to go on the ice with those guys yeah go to battle with them because they are um you know stanley cup champions great players great people and uh it's a lot of fun yeah it's a great time um all right man what are you doing the rest of the day What's the what's on the what's on the agenda? Yeah, the rest of the day, uh, got to get my golf in. So we've got uh, got around this afternoon. Where are you going? Actually, um, you don't have to say. But if you want to say, say it. No, hey, I I, I play at Brightwood, and um, fans are showing up now. <laughs> oh boy, autographs get ready. Yeah, no, we play at Brightwood, me and my buddies, and um, you know we try to enjoy it while we can here. Uh, hopefully the weather stays nice and, um, you know, the hurricane or tropical storm or whatever happens here over the oh, next yeah. couple of days doesn't, uh, doesn't affect golf courses or, or daily life. You know, I hopefully, uh, uh, doesn't hurt us too bad. I know. Cause we need power to get rid of, to do this podcast. So yeah. hopefully the power yeah. stays on. We're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, the, you know, as Nova Scotians, we know that, uh, these storms are unpredictable. We'll be all right. Yeah. Won't be our last hurricane. All right, Matt. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Last minute of the podcast is yours. If you want to thank anyone, you go for it. If not, we'll end her. Yeah, no, I I just appreciate you guys having me on all the time. Um, You know, it's been been a lot of fun and um, appreciate it. All right, man. Everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in once again. uh, Stay safe. Have fun. Lock down the barbecues and whatever you do. (laughs) What do they say? Get your your storm chips. Batten down the hatches. Get your storm chips. Like Frankie McDonald, whatever that guy says. So have fun, stay safe, enjoy. We are out. Peace. Alone, every night alone. Why am I alone? I know that you want me to. Am I wrong? Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me I deserve all the pain that you put me through. Oh.
I'm a dream, I'm a dream. 